happening everyone welcome to a brand new episode of total football club brought to you by the blue wire hustle network my name is alex perez thank you all so much for joining us another week of tfc you can follow us on instagram twitter facebook tiktok at total food club you can follow me on twitter and on instagram at alex perez fc subscribe to the podcast apple podcast spotify youtube we surpassed the 200 subscribers over the holidays again thank you all so so much for that rate review that goes a long 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 way again we would really appreciate that and oh my goodness i can't believe we're doing this again chris on the other side of the call he is back he <laughs> took he took some time off he earned it he deserved it and he is back my friend happy ha- happy 2022 happy new year this is the first time that that we talk in this 2022. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Happy New Year! I hope uh, you and all your your, your people or your family's doing great. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a it's been an eventful year on this end as a as a Chelsea fan. You already know Romelu Lukaku made sure we we ended it off with a bang <laughs> with with that ginormous story uh, to, to to end the. 2021 but i'm happy we're past it so we're on to 2022 and and to more success so uh yeah i'm happy to be back and i'm another year of of uh, amazing content oh absolutely absolutely i love the enthusiasm in your voice i i really really like that and i really like that hat too and i don't think we've told that story about the hat because there we go chelsea <laughs> fc london the the was that like charcoal and orange something like that it's a beautiful hat but if you guys remember i was in new york city this past november i met up with chris the day before we recorded and we went to a soccer store called uh, the Pele soccer store and amazing amazing i i, I want to go back and I, I would love to buy something i didn't really find something that that i wanted but chris did and i remember that he was a little hesitant but at the end of the day he pulled the trigger and he got it that was a beautiful that, that that's a beautiful hat great purchase and i'm glad you're wearing it on the show oh, thank you man i actually um i wasn't hesitant on the hat i was hesitant on if i was gonna buy the matching jersey because i was i had my my eyes on on this model of of uh of Chelsea Chelsea hat for a while and they always go really really fast online so when I saw that this store had had it I was like yeah I'm gonna take it like it's just a matter of if I'm gonna take it with another piece or if I'm just gonna buy it by itself but yeah I ended up buying a, a, a jersey to complement it which you'll see soon uh it's a it's a nice little nice little uh Chelsea third piece that third kit that that they have going this year interesting all right well we definitely look forward to that because the jerseys always stand out in our in our shows if you watch them on youtube i mean the the jerseys always stand out i I know you're always rocking some some sweet chelsea kit or 
you, you've had a couple Brazil jerseys, stuff like that. That's really cool. And I feel like that's what sets us apart from, from other shows. We, we really show who we are based on what we're wearing. And that's, uh, that's something really, really fun and really, really cool that, that we have on this show. All right, Chris, let me ask you this. What have you watched this week, this weekend? Let us know. Uh, so there was a, there was a big, there was a big landmark event that actually that we're going to talk about a little later in more, more detail, but they, uh, they legalized uh, sports gambling here in New York. So uh, there was a lot of soccer that was watched uh, on my end and, and on everybody's end on, on over here. Um, a game that I can tell you was absolutely thrilling like from start to finish, it was in the Bundesliga. It was uh, Borussia Dortmund, the team that you laid into last week. <laughs> that that uh, Who, me? No. They, they heard you, Alex. Yeah, they heard you. And they, they honestly, I, I, man, so they were playing and uh, trying Frankfurt, which is a, is a really decent team. They're, they're a mid-table team in, in, in the Bundesliga, but they play really uh attacking i remember them from their all black uniforms like i remember them being like that menacing german team the the the, the stereotypical german team and i was like i because because chelsea uh drew them in the, in the europa mm-hmm. league a few years back so they i always uh always uh have that image of them whenever i i, I think of them playing and they uh they were playing barista dortmund and they got a two two nothing lead they got a, a, a thanks to a brace from this Colombian forward that I can't uh, bring myself to remember the name because he has like five different names. Um, but uh, so Frankfurt was up to nothing, and uh, I was I was sitting there willing Borussia Dortmund on on this comeback because I had uh, a, a nice little wager on on, on them to to win and. I was sitting there thinking at halftime, like, man, Alex was right. Bruce Dortmund just, they, they don't have it in them. Like, they're this team that just has all this firepower. But until they consider themselves, like, truly, like, among the elite and they stop considering themselves this this selling club, they're not going to win these games. They're just going to be so flimsy. They're going to win. They're going to lose games that people expect them to win. And I should have listened. I should have listened. But... They have Erling Haaland, and I, I, as you can see in that game, it was very evident that they play through him. They play very much in the middle of the park, and they just they 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 try to use him as like a target man so that their their uh, wingers cut inside. And it was a very entertaining match. Um, Dorgan Hazard scored a nice goal, and then um, it ended with Borussia Dortmund getting the result. In, in stoppage time, which was unbelievable. It was it was very, I can say towards the end, it was very open. It was very uh, chaotic, but it, it was it was electric and it was very uh, entertaining. So, yeah, Barista Dortmund Frankfurt definitely caught my eye this weekend. Well, it sounds like it was an eye-catching game for sure. I, I just... I saw the fights, the 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 scuffles that Erling Haaland got into. Him speaking Spanish, uh, of course, Barca fans. Oh my God, he's coming to Barca. Real Madrid fans. Oh my God, he's coming to Real Madrid. But I saw a little bit of that. It was chaos. I read about it on Twitter. And good thing they didn't ruin your your little wager 
that you had going on because uh, someone else did, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm glad that you that you mentioned Borussia Dortmund and and you talk about what I was talking about last week that they're a selling team that they don't really feel like a like a European giant. They are a Champions League winner. They won the Bundesliga. They they had a little bit of a of a dominance over the Bundesliga uh, about 10, 15 years ago. But Erling Holland, he's the heartbeat of that team, isn't he? Yeah, no, everything even when he's not receiving the ball necessarily, everything runs through him. Like their formation, the way they attack, their their all their roles, it seems like everything is just centered around him as a focal point. And I can see, I mean, he he deserves it. He's a talent that you can really utilize him to get a lot of uh you, you you love this term. A lot of attacking impetus. <laughs> you get a lot of uh, a lot of output with him as as your centerpiece. But I do think that he has to move on and get to a team, a club that uh, is ready for bigger and better things. Because yeah, they didn't they they struggled and they 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 pulled out the result, and that's a mark of a good team. But they're not gonna pull that against uh against these these uh bigger names like. They're trying to win the Champions League, or they're trying to win these 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 bigger titles. Like if he's in England or if he's in Spain, he's gonna have to be surrounded by uh, the the best talent, and he deserves that. So he's gonna have to make that move sooner or later. Yeah, he's a player that is just ready to win a Champions League. He's a player that's ready to win a Premier League, uh, a, a Liga title, something like that. He's it. He went to Borussia Dortmund at a good time in his career. That's a fact, and. And him going to Borussia Dortmund was actually the most sensible thing that he could have done because maybe if he were to gone to a Real Madrid, a Barcelona, a Chelsea, a Man City when he was 18, 19 years old, it would have probably ruined his career or first ruined his confidence, then ruined his career. But then you look at the type of player that he is and how confident, how how fierce, how fearless he is. You you look at that and you say, oh my goodness, he is going to work anywhere that he goes. And now that he's two years older, two years hopefully more mature, then it's pretty obvious that he's just going to work out anywhere. And Borussia Dortmund, he he outgrew Borussia Dortmund in like the first four games, honestly. Yeah. He outgrew yeah, Borussia it was, Dortmund. It was, nuts. it was crazy. He scored like three goals in his first two games and then he just kept going, 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 going and you know, a couple injuries here and there, of course, but he comes back and he scores. I mean, this guy's just a machine. He, I'm about to say something, and I know I'm, I'm definitely going to piss a lot of people off. He is exactly what Slatan thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And the beef continues. Um, I, I, I do think Erling Haaland, when it's all said and done, will be a better version of Slatan than Slatan actually is. Just saying. That's a, that's a good take. That's a, that's a good take. I, I probably agree with that. He's going to be like... It's funny because they, they, I say that Erling Haaland is the player that's reminded me the most of R9, of, of Brazilian Ronaldo, since I've seen him play. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic's idol is like Brazilian Ronaldo. So they, that's that's so funny. But yeah, I think he, he'll probably... End, I mean, Zlatan's a, a great player. I know you don't... I know he's not what you he's not uh what he thinks he is, and I think I I I do agree with you on that. But I do think he's 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 an all timer. He's a really great player. So, um, yeah, I think I think Holland's uh 
He's a he's an unbelievable player. I think he's going to be I think he's ready for the Barcelona's of the world, man. I think he's ready to move. Oh yeah, he's been ready. He's been ready and this this summer looks like the time where he's actually going going to move. And uh speaking of Barcelona, oh Chris, brace yourself. Uh <laughs> let's just put it out there, Chris, part of his uh of his little parlay that he had going on. He had Barcelona and uh he had Barcelona winning and yeah, I I'm I'm just as disappointed as you are, Chris. I I am disappointed for different reasons, but uh, yeah, man, we're we're let's let's give it a positive twist. That's how I decided to take this this and and what I watched this weekend was Dani Alves. He's turning back the clock. Can you believe that? Who would have thought? It's 2022, and Dani Alves is starting for FC Barcelona in La Liga. That that didn't seem possible even a few months ago. And it's happening. It's definitely happening. He played all 90 minutes, but I don't think that him playing all 90 minutes is the actual breaking news. The breaking news is that he wasn't bad. He played fearlessly. He joined the attack, and then he assisted Luke de Jong's goal, which was a beautiful cross and a great header by, by Luke de Jong, who all of a sudden is the number nine that Barcelona has been crying for. I'm saying that very sarcastically. It is. It is... It is very fair to say that Dani Alves has lost a step physically, right? He's in his late 30s. What what else do you expect? But what and and he's not as fast. He's not as fast as he once was. He loses a lot of one-on-one battles. He needs someone else to come in and and have that numerical advantage over the attacker, but even then, he's still a liability defensively, so he he's not in the starting 11 for his defensive duties. He's there for other reasons, and I think he showed it against against Granada. He was all heart. He was all passion. We know that that's who Dani Alves is. I I don't think he necessarily played a great game, but he it, it was incredibly surprising to see him still doing pretty good at a very, very high level. And I will say this. I think that this is exactly what Barcelona needs during this very difficult transition period that they are facing. They need someone who has honor, someone who has pride, someone who's courageous, someone who's passionate, and someone who has a lot of experience. Dani Alves has experience for probably that entire squad. He's won countless trophies. He's he's almost 40 years old. He's played with the best guys in, in, in the world. He's played with Xavi, Iniesta, Fabregas, Busquets, Messi, David Villa, Neymar. You, it's it's just incredible the amount of players that that he has he, he has been shoulder to shoulder with and and the amount of teammates that he has shared a locker room with all this time he's been doing it at Sevilla at Barcelona Sao Paulo with the Brazilian national team he's done it all and that's what Barcelona needs right now a whole lot of guts and a lot of experience and I will say this maybe Dani Alves is the heartbeat of this Barcelona team at least for the rest of the season at at least for the for the rest of the season or hopefully at most for the rest of the season <laughs> and barcelona will pull through if they start to rely a little more on that experience don't you don't have to play them all 90 minutes i'm i'm not saying that xavi should play them all 90 minutes but if that experience is used properly you bring him in to close out a game you bring him in for a, a for a copa game something like that then I think Barcelona will pull through and make it 
to the other side in good shape. Yeah, I mean that's 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 dope, man. I I, I honestly, uh, all I think about in, in from watching that Barcelona game was that red card from Gavi. Was, yes, yes, it really turned the game on its side. Luke De Jong did did get that goal that that it's it's becoming routine for him. Haha, <laughs> that's, that's sarcasm. <laughs> but um, yeah, he. Danny Alves is, is a great story, man. He he started for Brazil in, in, in the Olympics this past um, summer. He he was a free agent after that and, and, and signed for Barca. And it, everybody laughed when, when the first story came out that, that he wanted to sign for Barca. And then when it became a reality, it's like, yeah, there's no way he's actually going to play. He's then probably going to be like a head, an assistant head coach. And lo and behold, he's playing and playing well. So power to him, man, he's... He's trying to go to the World Cup this this year, which is crazy to say, but yeah, um, we we've seen Zlatan play at age. I mean, obviously, he, I, I, like I said, I know you're not a fan, but we've seen <laughs> Zlatan play till at AC Milan, which is in Serie A at age 39. Um, we've seen PK. He's 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 up there. I'm not I'm not certain of his age. But we've seen nowadays with with the nutrition, with the sports sciences, with the facilities that these clubs have, these guys they they take care of themselves. So you know why not? You know, power to him and power to Barcelona for signing a guy that you know was out there on, on the street, and you know it's it's proving out to be a nice signing. Yeah, and you know what's crazy. Dani Alves wouldn't only work at Barcelona right now. He can probably go to any team. I'm not saying that if he goes to like a Chelsea or a Manchester City, eh, maybe at a Manchester City he he would add a little, a little bit. But I think that he can go to any team, like mid-table team in like I don't know in 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 Spain. Let's keep him in Spain, and he can add quite a lot. And he can probably yeah. be a starting right back or a right mid for a lot of these clubs. So this isn't a fluke. This isn't. Dani Alves taking advantage of a system. Dani Alves is just that good of a player, and he is in great shape still that he can go into any team and add a lot, maybe even take over the starting position on the right side, whether it's defensively or or attacking. But yeah, man, you mentioned Gavi. You mentioned Gavi, and this isn't this is almost a contrast of 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 Dani Alves, Gavi, who is like 20 years younger than Dani Alves gets a red card. We we praise him for the intensity and for how feisty he is. But sometimes when you're a little too intense, this is what happens. You get sent off. And a lot of people say that the yellow card was or the second yellow card was a little was a little too rigorous, but I to that I say, well, you knew you were already on a yellow. Why would you make a tackle like that? Why would you make a challenge like that? But that that's something that maybe Danny Alves can step in and say, "Hey, don't do that. If if you if you already have a yellow card, play it a little safer. Play it a little more conservative. Don't don't be so so aggressive with with the tackle. Listen, if if you miss the tackle, someone behind you is going to to have your back. The defenders are going to have your back. You're not the last line of defense. And it was also very it was it was unnecessary what Gavi did. So Again, that, that that I'm just really pointing that out because it's the contrast between a young 
hungry player in Gabi with a lot of inexperience, of course, very inexperienced. And then the 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 old lion, the 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 guy that has been at at the top of his game for twenty years or so, probably longer than Gavi has been alive. Um, it's just a contrast, and that's what Barcelona is right now. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a very fair point. I think Gavi, like you said, we really praise him for being the intense spark plug that Barcelona have were missing on on on, on the attack. But he did show uh, he was a bit naive there with 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 that second yellow card, and I think his his manager was naive as well. I think it, I think that yellow card was in the seventy fourth minute. Being that he's eighteen, nineteen years old, on a yellow already, and the game was you're you're up one nothing against this dangerous side. Who who I believe they played. Um, Granada, they play Granada. Granada. Yeah, Granada's yeah, a tough, a tough stingy side, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Chavi also showed that he was a bit naive there too. I think I would have took out the kid and protected him from himself. Now, I think that's easy to say when, from where I'm sitting with Coutinho on a flight to Aston Villa and Osman Dembele. I think he's he's he's. He, in and out of the lineup, I'm not even sure if he, if he was playing. So I think it's it's easy for me to say that with with that that experienced guy that you could turn uh, in that in that scenario. But you gotta um, you gotta take him out and you gotta protect him from from that second yellow. So um, yeah, I, I if you guys can hear me, I sound really bitter. It's because <laughs> that 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 red card turned the game on its head and um as we're going to talk about later that 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 was part of the the fun day of of legalized gambling that we had here in new york so it was uh a result that as i as i chose barcelona i was thinking you know what man i really don't i can really see them losing or 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 you know, dropping points, but nah, if I'm going to win today, it's because I have faith on all, all these teams that I know can, can pull the result. And Barcelona showed me, um, they're not to be trusted right now. And I, I heard from, you know, several Barcelona fans after the fact that Barcelona are not to be trusted right now, that you can't, you're not to, to, to gamble with your heart and, <laughs> With with Barcelona during this season, so it was a wake up call. I, okay, I won't trust him again. You know, I'll, I'll I'll root for him, but I can't I can't trust him. You can't trust a team that has Ferran Yutla, Usmane Dembele, who's on his way out, and Luke De Jong up top. I'm sorry, you cannot. And I I understand and I appreciate that that you, Chris, someone that isn't. The biggest fan of Barcelona, clearly, you, you still put your money on them, <laughs> and and you were hoping for them to pull off the result, but I just mentioned those front three members, and it's it's not gonna happen when when you have those guys. Usmane Dembele, I mean, he his head is elsewhere. Ferran Yudgla wasn't even part of this team. 
in the beginning of the season, or he joined in the beginning of the season. And Luke De Jong is Luke De Jong, right? So, you know, you you can only you can only say so much. But I'm I'm gonna end it with this. It has nothing to do with Dani Alves or Gabi. It's it has more to do with with Luke De Jong. I heard it on uh, the Barcelona podcast. Shout out to Dan Hilton, um, his his partner. Uh, I forget his name. He, he, he's a he's a Dutch guy, but I completely forget his name. Um, he said he said something along the lines of despite like Luke De Jong is not a terrible player like he's a decent player but even decent isn't good enough for Barcelona so Luke De Jong is not he's not terrible he's not I I remember his days at PSV Eindhoven I I followed PSV Eindhoven quite quite closely those seasons because Andres Guardado was playing Hector Moreno was playing so you know the me being Mexican I, I was following those teams and I saw oh my god look Luke De Jong he's he's scoring he He's he's the top scorer in the in the Eredivisie. Same it was the same season where Memphis Depay. It was it was I believe his last season at PSV before he went to Manchester United. So Luke De Jong isn't a terrible player. He's just not Barcelona quality, and that's okay. That's fine. Not everyone is Barcelona quality. Yeah, I think that's what that's why that that signing was. That's why people were so against it because he is a, a decent player, but he's. Very obvious, not Barcelona quality. But Barcelona don't sign decent players; they sign world class players. <laughs> so I think that's why it's 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 very obvious that uh, the fit the, it's just not the right fit. No, it's not. The good thing is that it, it's only a loan. So they were actually going to terminate it a few weeks ago, send them back to Sevilla, and then he was going to go somewhere else. But uh, looks like Barcelona really needs him, and that that's very telling of Barcelona season. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we return, we're going to talk about sports gambling in New York, in the rest of our beautiful country, the United States, and the impact that it's going to have in our sport. I mean, my goodness, it is it is an industry that is just growing and growing and growing. But more on that when we return. And we are back. That is Chris. I am Alex. And this past weekend, New York State officially legalized sports betting and it has been wild crazy the, the the numbers the stats that have been coming in already in these last couple of days are absolutely incredible but before chris and i chime in we decided to bring in an expert a gambling guru some may say he is the host of veterans minimum and also hosts a show called upsets and underdog so that probably tells you everything you need to know about his gambling knowledge our friend nick Dayes lets us know what he thinks about sports gambling in new york and the impact it will have on soccer this is what he had to say so alex my guy so you asked me what sports betting in new york is going to do for soccer I don't know what it's going to do for soccer. However, I do know that with New York legalizing sports betting, it's going to open up the doors for all the other states to now say, oh, if New York is doing it, we should do it too. It's going to open up the floodgates. Right now, there are 28 states that you can either bet in person or via mobile. A lot of them you can't bet on in-state college teams. But for the most part, you can bet on pretty much anything. 
and it is going to help soccer when major events are going down, like Euro Cups, World Cups, Copa America, where casual fans will be consuming the sporting event even more than ever before because they can make some bets on it. All right, that was Nick Diaz. Thank you very much, Nick. We really, really appreciate that. Chris, there was two things that stood out from what he said. The first one, 28 states. That's like half the battle, right, in, 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 in the United States. And something else that he, man, that he mentioned, with New York legalizing sports gambling, it opens the door for all the other states that are sitting on the fence. You're a New Yorker. You've been living this. You, you've put money on, on, on games this past weekend. What's it like over there? What, how, how do you feel? How do New Yorkers feel? It's probably crazy. It, yeah, man. It's, it's like flipping a switch. It's, it's like uh, New Vegas over here. It's, it's everybody's, you know, everybody's on it. Everybody's watching all sports at all times. Um, I woke up to to Bundesliga picks. <laughs> that, that that I mean, it was unbelievable. It was a gambler's uh, dream. <laughs> it, it's 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 you know with 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 the beautiful game with soccer with football. There's there's games all day and night depending on where you're watching. So with this. You know, with the with the legalization of sports betting, it, it opens the the doors to to casual fans in a, in a way that I think is really gonna pop later on this year with the World Cup. Um, but it it just it it really gives them a platform for for more fans, for more commercialization, for more eyes in general, where more people are gonna be watching just because you know they, they, they're more interested i found myself you know I'm, I'm a fan of the game i'll watch barisa dortmund versus frankfurt just for the fun of it because i want to see what erling holland's going to do on a saturday morning but with that added incentive i'm now watching with friends who haven't watched much soccer and they're watching a german soccer game and they're going to say man that was fun whether i had money on it or not that was entertaining and that's how this game is going to grow with this in, in a, exponentially. I think it's really going to, um, it's been growing here in, in a massive way uh, since the, the, the broadcast deal with the Premier League, with, the, with NBC having the, 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 the broadcasting rights. But I think now with the added incentive of uh, people who don't have a sporting interest uh, but a, but a, a a a monetary interest in in the game, it's going to be unbelievable. What's going to happen? It's it's really going to take off, and I, and I think no doubt about it. It's going to become a mainstream, popular sport here in the United States because of this. It, it was already trending towards that, right? And then you add the element of of gambling, which, let's be honest. Gambling is, it, it's no longer a taboo subject. It, it's not a taboo topic anymore. Gambling, everyone does it. We, I do it, you do it, everyone does it. Everyone does it, and, and 
well here in, in illinois I, I i live in in, in illinois and when it was legalized it's just like i was telling you off off camera it was crazy the lines were out the door at a casino 15 minutes away from my house and i can't even imagine what it's like in new york because i do feel like new york can become the mecca of sports gambling in in the united states or maybe just in the east coast but i wouldn't underestimate new york i'm sure that if if you give it enough time it surely will become a hot attraction and before for that it's already a hot attraction new york everyone wants to go to new york city obviously but you add the sports gambling element and then you you go to a knicks game and you can place a bet you go to a i don't think you want to go to a giants or a or a or a Jets game, but maybe with gambling now you do. You, you go to these games and it's just it, it it makes it so so different. Your experience is completely different. Um, I, I'll tell you this for example. I went to uh to a, a a football game around like Thanksgiving something like that, and it was the Colts against the Buccaneers. We were in Indianapolis. Sports gambling is legal in Indianapolis, and we were watching the game. And placing bets it was like two worlds colliding and our little brains just couldn't comprehend what was going on but we were still doing it so just imagine for for people in New York how passionate you guys are you guys are, are so incredibly passionate and you're you're watching the Knicks and then I don't know you you bet the over on, on the total points scored in the game and I've won someone hits a buzzer beater I I don't really know much about about Knicks basketball, but like someone hits a buzzer beater and you hit your over and you just go crazy for two completely different reasons, right? Or not that different, but that's what sports gambling is for a lot of people. And I know a lot of people that are against it. My mom is an example. She hates sports gambling. She, I, I've tried to tell her about the lines and she's like, why don't you just bet on a team that you think is going to win? I'm like, well, that's not that enticing, right? So surely this, this is, this is huge. This really is because a lot of people really look at what New York does and New York just legalized sports betting. So it's it, it's massive. Do you think that it can become the mecca of, of sports gambling in like, I don't know, like 10 years? Oh, yeah. You, you, sooner than that, it's going to be it's going to take over. Um, the, this this <laughs> there's so many people here from all over who are constantly traveling in and out for business, for leisure. So just with that alone, like just the people traffic here, it, it's it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, you already saw how, how Times Square was with <laughs> personally with the people. So can you imagine what they're going to set up with, with bars and things of that nature where people are just going to be constantly betting on or, or gambling on on different sports across the, across the globe from from day and night dude i i could have bet i i was thinking about placing a wager on a liga mx uh match last night at like 10 o'clock and that was after beginning the day at like 7 30 with bundesliga action like it was like all day and night like that's why I, I really think that soccer is going to benefit the most from this because when there's nothing else on there's soccer is on there's other sports that have months of, of, of breaks but soccer there's no breaks there's international breaks which you can bet on anyway so <laughs> it's it's unbelievable man it's going to be we're, it's 
it's really set up to boom. Hey, do you like international breaks a little more now? Oh, I'm sure now it's going to be a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Everyone wins. And I think that sports gambling will will definitely attract a lot of casuals. And again, this is something that that, that we talked about as well because because in in a World Cup year. This is a World Cup year, 2022. And you said something incredible and and I want you to say I want you to make it justice. I'll I'll lead up to it. The World Cup is in November this year, right? Instead of being in June. And I said that it is in the timing might be a little awkward because it's not in the middle of the year, so then the leagues won't benefit for the 22-23 season. But you said something really, really insightful, and I didn't even think about what what was it that, that you said about about how it's going to lead up. Oh yeah, it's essentially it's just this is all just like a slow burn. States are going to see what's happening with New York, and slowly more and more states are going to open up to where by the World Cup there's going to be more states than not. There's already more states than not that are open. To, to gambling with the 28 states, but, 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 but by the World Cup, with the success that New York is already having, more and more states are going to open up to that. But by the time that's ready in November, December, they're, they, uh, they're going to be ready to see that, that economic, uh, that, that capital gain that, that everybody's gearing up towards. Yeah, and again, targeting the casuals. Targeting the, the the casual fan because the casual fan might not know about uh what they won't really know much about like Iran versus Morocco for example but they'll be like ah you know what I did a little bit of research and I think this team is gonna win so I'm gonna watch so that's how you attract more more people and yeah it's just it, it's definitely becoming a, a mainstream sport already and with sports gambling it's it's just it's gonna boom it's gonna boom and and there's there the, there's no stopping it i mean yeah there we hear it there's people that that don't necessarily agree with sports gambling but it's a business it's a business it's some people that that is that how how they make their money that is their livelihood that is how how they put bread on the table and it's it's crazy for a lot of people to fathom. It's crazy for a lot of people to 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 even to even attempt to consider that a real job. But for a lot of people, it is a real job, and these people are making a lot of money. And they're losing a lot of money, but they're making a lot of money too, you know. And I'm not I'm I'm not encouraging anyone to to quit their day job and 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 become a professional sports gambler because that's the it's also not the easiest thing in the world, but. It is possible, and there are a lot of people that the, the the sharps, as they call them, the sharps or sharks, something like that, whatever. But there's a term, and 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 people do make a living from from sports gambling. It's it's wild, man. It it really is. And yeah, just like we said, that there was 28, or just like Nick said, 28 states that have already already legalized it, and for the most part, remember what we were reading before we started doing this segment that it's only one state that is completely against it it's it's crazy it's it's just it's bound to to happen you're not going to stop it no one's going to stop it yeah it's it's that's what it's that's what it's gearing towards that's what it's gearing towards um only those mormons in utah is going to stop it (laughs) 
yeah, in their state, not nationwide. Nationwide, yeah. not happening. It's yeah. it's it, it's a it, it, it's a force, and if they want to stay behind the times and and not agree to what's what's going on, good for them. I mean, that's that's on them. We're not going to force them to do anything either. But if they don't get with the times, I mean, that's that's really what's going to happen. They're, they're just going to stay behind. Um, anything else you want to add about sports gambling in New York? Maybe maybe a pick that you want to give to the people or or not i mean <laughs> just uh, maybe just an in- interesting tidbit maybe maybe someone's bad beat besides you know i'll put this yeah. one in the air okay chelsea chelsea are are uh, probably underdogs against manchester city this weekend i'll take chelsea to win that match ooh okay let's take a look let's take a look if they are <laughs> if, i don't well i don't know if they have that um I don't know if they have that yet because that game is when on uh, um, the fifteenth, so that's Saturday. Saturday. Ooh. Oh yeah, they're plus four hundred on Fanduel. There you go. All right, Chris. Uh, I'm gonna put a hundred dollars on. I'm kidding. I'm not gonna put a hundred dollars, <laughs> but I will consider it. That's for sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That you see, these are the little things that you can't you. You can only analyze so much of the game, right? And and sometimes it might get a little repetitive. It might get a little, a little tedious analyzing what what's going on like on the field. But when you have this element, when you add it on, it makes it very fun as well. And I think that we will have more segments where we talk about strictly gambling and where we where where we talk about gambling in soccer. I learned the hard way how how to how to bet soccer or how to read soccer bets let me tell you about my first ever bet on soccer liverpool atletico madrid round of 16 champions league 2019-2020 i had just come back from vegas uh, i that was the time i actually i met nick i came back from vegas i met up with my friends we went to that casino that, that i was talking about and i had a gut feeling that atletico was going to win because they were up to nothing in the aggregate I'm sure you remember this. And I bet Atletico to win. I thought that it meant that Atletico was going to advance, right? Wrong. Wrong. And then I also didn't know that as soon as the 90 minutes were over, your bet was done. So Atletico Madrid advanced. They won the game, but they won it in extra time. So my bet did not hit. It was like $20 to win 100 and something. Something like that. Um I was livid. I I I think I still have the ticket somewhere there as a reminder. <laughs> Do your research before you place your money. It was like $20 to win. Again, I don't remember how much, like one something. It was a decent amount, but yeah, my friends were really excited. We were celebrating the goals and then one of them is like, "Wait, I think your bet might not be good anymore. It's I think after extra time or like uh, or during it, uh, once you get to extra time, the bet is done. And I'm like, oh, shit. Way to tell me now, right? But um, yeah, that's that's an all timer, a rookie mistake. <laughs> Gambling 101. <laughs> Do your research before <laughs> before you actually place a bet. You know what? Maybe we bring on Nick to to explain this to to people like me who are who are rookies. We'll bring on Nick. 
he he knows what he's talking about when it comes to when it comes to sports betting that that's for sure all right all right we're gonna take another short break final one of the show when we return we're gonna bring we're gonna bring a new segment called world class or not and i think you guys are really gonna enjoy this one i know chris is and i know i am we'll be right back stay tuned thank you all so much for joining we really appreciate you all all right chris let's finish this off with a bang world class or not and the first player that we are going to discuss on this segment is none other than marcus rashford marcus rashford is he a world-class player is he not a world-class player does he have the potential to be a world-class player chris what do you think uh, i think he is uh Definitely, he's a, a decent guy <laughs> for providing those those meals for those hungry kids. But as a footballer, uh, he is not a, a world class footballer. He has the potential to be. I think the, the what makes a world class player for me is to have the elite ability and to con- to show that consistently throughout uh, a, 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 an extended period of time and during big games. So putting that all together, all those different variables, that's what equates to a world-class player for me. Marcus Rashford has bits of each of those, but he doesn't do any of those three enough to be considered a world-class player for me. He, he, he's shown that he can uh, provide an unbelievable moment when he's had that, that, that goal against PSG. He's shown that he's had the ability to score those unbelievable goals with the free kicks, with the with the pace that he has, with the finishing touch. He's shown that he um, has been at this at, at, at a pretty decent level for a, a pretty consistent time. It just hasn't been enough on all three fronts, and I don't know if he's gonna get there. He's he like I said, he's shown that he's capable of, of each criteria but he just hasn't put it all together for a meaningful period of time for me to consider him a world-class player. That's the thing. What you just said about his consistency is the one thing that makes me say that Marcus Rashford is not a world-class class player, and I just don't think he will ever be a world-class player. I'm looking at, at his age. He's, he's 24 years old. He'll be 25 this October. I don't think that you just become world world class at 25. You you will become world class at like 21, right? And I and I know that's probably a lot to ask for from such a young player, but Marcus Rashford, he just to me he was he was never really as great as they made him out to be. Uh he's he's a good player. He is a good player and of course what he does off the field I think that's that that's completely separate, and what he does there, he's, like you said, he's world class there, definitely is, definitely is world class there. But he doesn't show up in the big moments with Manchester United. He he goes missing for five six games, scores goals on on consecutive games, and then goes missing for another five six games. That's the only consistent thing about him. Um, and I look at his game, and I don't see him do anything great. He's not a great goal scorer. He's not a great dribbler. He's very fast. He's a very fast player. And he can play as a striker. He can play as a winger. But I just don't think that he does anything great. I look at Jaden Sancho. And 
Mason Greenwood, and I think that those two are better players than Marcus Rashford. Because Mason Greenwood, he's a great goal scorer. And the more time he gets, the more minutes that he gets, he'll probably score more goals, obviously, right? Jaden Sancho, I don't think he's been given a fair shake at Manchester United so far. But when once he gets... Man, and even that, I, I I don't think he's that much better than Marcus Rashford, but I do. I would prefer Jadon Sancho over Marcus Rashford. I just feel like Jadon Sancho's he's just electric, you know. Jadon Sancho's electric. He 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 provides an assist whenever whenever he's whenever he's needed. He'll score a goal whenever his team needs one. And I just don't feel like Marcus Rashford can do any any of those things. And but I think it all comes down to his inconsistency. That is the one thing that that just. I don't think you become consistent at 25 years old. You you just don't. You don't. And he's a good player. Again, don't get me wrong. He's a good player, but I don't think he's world class. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. He's a good player. He's he's not world class. We'll see if he can get to it because time's running out. Like you said, um, 25. You're not the finished article yet, but you you should be should be further along than than where, where Mr. Rashford is at the moment. So uh, maybe he should, maybe he needs a move. We'll see. Wow. Probably, but the messed up part is that Manchester United wants him to be that guy so bad. They need yeah. him to be that world-class player. They need it so bad. It's it's not just that they want it. They need it. They need Marcus Rashford to be world-class and he's not. So yeah. I feel like if Marcus Rashford were to go to like I know it's like a trendy pick like Aston Villa or like Newcastle or something like that. I feel like he could stand out. I feel mm-hmm. like he could definitely stand out. But at Manchester United it 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 might just be a little too much for him. It might just you, be a little know, too much. You know who 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 that reminds me of? I was just talking about this earlier today. Um and it's why we we had to move on from him. It's Tammy Abraham. Tammy okay. Abraham is somebody who's a good player. He's not world class. It's 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 there's a fine line. You know, like you said earlier, not everybody's cut out for the Barcelona, the Chelsea, the Manchester United, and that's not the, the end of the world. You know, it doesn't mean that these guys are bad players. It's just to be at the this level, you got the best of the best. You have to be elite. We all these clubs, they look for world class players. They don't. They don't. They're not satisfied with Europa League wins. They're not satisfied with uh, Champions League qualifications. They want the big, the big trophies. So it's there's a difference there, and I think that's that quality. That's that consistency. These players are all good players, but when you're consistently excellent i think that's what sets people apart so we're seeing tammy now blossom at roma whether he comes back at chelsea to finish the article we'll see but i think that's what rashford's missing like i think he would blossom out of place like aston villa or west ham or a newcastle and i think maybe that's what he needs so that he comes back a, a more complete player because the more he puts it off if he if he gets that loan at age 28 it's over it's over you know, he's not he's not gonna be that guy. So he'll be if he puts off the loan three, four years, he'll be like a Jesse Lingard. 
yeah. who's who's struggling to make it at Manchester United, and then West Ham uh, gets him on a loan, sends him back, and what's the word on that? I don't I don't think he's I don't think he's on loan at West Ham. I think he's still at Manchester United. Yeah, he's listen to this. He he's so he played last season at West Ham, of his value. They didn't want to sell him because he looked good at West Ham. They didn't. They couldn't negotiate a contract. He didn't play from the summer until now, and he's now playing for Ralph Ragnick to uh, play out the rest of his contract and sign on a free somewhere else in the summer. I mean, it's a mess. It is. It's a mess, and that that's just a little a little microscopic view of of what Manchester United is as a club both on and off the field they're just a disaster they they've been a disaster for a long time um does <laughs> does this current situation make it look like Ole being at the wheel wasn't as bad as we thought it was i i don't think so i think it was still pretty bad no i think it was bad i think yeah. Ole Ole should have been gone a year before he was which yeah. is why it was that bad. Yeah, but you know that there's now rumblings that Mauricio Pochettino is actually going to go to Manchester United. And Zinedine Zidane <laughs> will be PSG's manager. You know who was saying that from like freaking October? Us two. So, yeah. there you go. There you go. You got the scoop here first. You didn't get it anywhere else. You got it here first. All right. Anything else you want to add about Marcus Rashford before we wrap up the show? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done on him. <laughs> yeah, you know that I, I I just feel like that's kind of the player that he is. Meh. Meh. Yeah. Right? Like, eh. Good, I guess. Yeah. He on a good day. Good player. On a bad day. Get him off my screen. Um, but yeah, alright. Hope you guys like that. Hope you guys like that segment. It was uh it's it's something that we're gonna implement for for the new year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more of these. I I have one in mind. I'm gonna tell Chris as soon as we as we stop recording. I think he's really really gonna enjoy that one. But Chris, you're gonna have to wait a few minutes so I tell you about that. All right, that'll do it from us, Chris. I didn't even ask you your social media, but we can end the show on that. What's your social media, my friend? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Chris S O L O D O L O underscore. There you go. Hasn't missed a beat. He has not missed a beat, my guy, Chris. All right, that'll do it for us uh, this week. We do have an extra episode that is with my brother, Angel. Uh, we'll be talking about whatever it is that we're going to talk about. I don't actually remember right now off the top of my head, but you guys will see once the episode is out. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, follow, share, show your friends, show everyone it goes a long way we appreciate it thank you all so much have a great week take care and goodbye